Hello, everyone. This is Ari in the Air. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Hope you're doing well. Today, I want to just share some ideas with you that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And these are ideas that you have heard about. These are ideas that are based in the mythopoetic narrative that has been distilled and given to us over the ages. And I kind of want to take some of those old myths, re-understand them, and then kind of elaborate on our current situation from there. So the myth that I want to talk about today is the myth of King Midas. Do we know the myth of King Midas? If you're watching and you know, if you're familiar with the myth of King Midas, give me a little, uh, like a little thumbs up button there on the, on this Facebook live. Give me a thumbs up button. If you, if you're familiar with the myth of King Midas, King Midas, the myth of King Midas is that everything he touched turned to gold, right? Everything he touched turned to gold. And this is a ancient warning for a process that has been going on for a long time. Okay. The myth of King Midas that everything he touched turned to gold is a analogy. It's a metaphor. Let's just start by understanding the experience of being King Midas. The first time you're endowed with the power that what you touch turns to gold seems great. It seems great, right? You're like, you touch a cup and now you have a gold cup. And you touch a car and now you have a gold car. But that comes with the idea that you're going to be rich, that you're going to be powerful, And that seems great. But the moment that you pick up a piece of bread to try to eat it and it turns to gold, you realize that you might actually be totally fucked. The first time that you pick up a carrot to try to eat it and it turns to gold, you think, oh, a golden carrot seems cool but I can't eat gold. The myth of King Midas, the metaphor that this was trying to warn us about, is that if we commodify everything in nature, that we will, at some point, really, really deeply, really, really viscerally, come to regret that. The idea that we would commodify all of our resources, all of the trees, all of the fish in the ocean, all of the animals, all of the commons. This is essentially the death of the commons, right? If we turned everything in our natural world into money, into gold, then we at some point would run out of food and we would be forced to eat money. Hmm. And we've seen this uh, meme 
that says that you can't eat money, right? And it's so true. I can't eat money. So, to further understand the problem, we can think about a fisherman at sea who a whale in the ocean is worthless, but a dead whale on the boat might be worth a million bucks. And so there is an incentive structure below this problem that incentivizes people to take the worthless resource in the ocean and to extract it for the million dollars. There's also, furthermore, there is a understanding that if you don't extract that resource, if you don't kill the whale and bring it onto your boat for your million bucks, there's a boat right behind you that's going to do that. So either way, the whale is going to get pulled out of the ocean, and either way, the resource is going to be extracted from the commons and turned into the million dollars. So the fisherman that's at sea who might have a stroke of kindness that day and say, maybe we should just not take so many whales out of the ocean is incentivized both by his own monetary gain that's possible, as well as he is trodden with the idea that if he doesn't take the million dollar whale out of the ocean, the boat behind him will. So either way, he's kind of damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. This is, I'm trying to allude to the problem, the motivational problem that is behind the exponential extraction of our resources, the death of our commons, that once we create incentive structures that have everyone feeling themselves as outside separate actors and needing to make money for themselves and their family at the cost of the commons, this is the incentive structure that leads us to what will be an, and we are already in, an ecological collapse. And um, yeah, so just got a phone call there, so I had to reject it. But I got people calling me. We got lots of things going on. But King Midas. <laughs> King Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold, which seems cool in the beginning, but at the end, you can't eat a golden carrot. And that's so, so true. We can't eat golden carrots. So... It, if, if we really want to go down the rabbit hole another couple of clicks from this idea, it starts to undermine our understanding of private property at its very root. What can we own, and can we own the earth? It's a really interesting question, and I think that the answer typically is no. I also think that intellectual property is a really slippery slope. And when we start really diving into how we want to think about the commons, like how do we want to think about the forest in terms of its value? What is the value of the forest? What is the value of the ocean? And we have a really sick way of thinking about it right now because currently the value of the ocean takes each fish per pound 
times it by the number of fish and now you have some kind of value, this monetary value on the ocean, which is like a fucked up way of thinking about it, right? Because the problem is that we place the market as the as the judge, right? We we let the market decide how many fish to take out of the ocean. And as we know, the market has created mile-long dragnets that get drugged behind these huge, huge, huge ships that just scrape every living thing out of the ocean. And so we are letting the market decide how many fish to take out of the ocean. And those decisions get put into the hands of individual actors, right? Like the captain of that fishing ship decides. But he also knows that if he steps down as the captain of that fishing ship that has a mile-long dragnet that pulls up all the dolphins, all the turtles, all the, all the tuna, everything, if he steps down as the captain of that, then there's someone that will willingly take his place immediately after. So we are trapped in our motivations. The destruction of the commons is something that we are trapped in our motivations by. And without addressing the motivational issues behind the death of the commons, we will never get anywhere with this. If we want to be Midas, if we want to be King Midas and everything we touch turns to gold, we will soon starve surrounded by a bunch of golden fruit, a bunch of golden carrots, because everything we touch will inevitably become inedible. And my teeth are all right, but they don't chew gold. So the myth of King Midas is so incredibly potent right now because we are facing a time where we have to reevaluate our motivational structures that affect how we think of the commons, how we think of our identity and our relationship to the commons, the resources of the earth. Because if we let the market decide how many fish to take out of the ocean, the market will likely say all of the fish. If we let the market decide how many trees to cut down, the market will likely say all of the trees. How much of the Amazon should we cut down? The market will likely say all of it. Because as long as we can turn Amazon into dollars, we're probably going to keep doing that. So a re, a deep rethink of our motivations and a deep rethink of the commons and our relationship to it is in order. This is one of the ways you can give a fuck. This is one of the ways you can give a fuck right now. And rethinking the commons, rethinking your identity, how you relate to the collective, how you relate to the commons is really, really potent right now. And I think that we are... If we are to succeed in reinventing this, it's going to be a system that we've never used before. It's not... We need to stop capitalism and go to socialism because socialism has been proven to not work as well. It's like we need new systems. We need new ways of thinking. And if you 
can conceptualize our problems in humanity, you can conceptualize our problems as patterns of thinking. The problems we have are patterns of thinking. And so we have to literally do the hard work of repatterning our own thoughts and repatterning our collective thoughts. Just some stuff to think about today. Short podcast, but I hope it's helpful. Consider supporting my podcast at paypal.me slash airy in the air. Spread the message. Really appreciate you guys listening. Hope it stirs up some thoughts. Feel free to leave your reflections in the comments below, and we will see you on the next episode. Love you. See ya.